Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. Zero quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Oh, we're doing just fine, Mr. Sulu. It's no intruder. You know, it's just another guest, and this is a brand new guest tonight. And hey, good evening and welcome once to Madam Perry Salon. I am your host and cruise director, Madam Perry, also known as Jennifer Perry, or in England, uh, for my mods, uh, Jennifer Modette Perry. But you can just call me Jennifer if you like. Hey, thank you so much. You know, I, was, I skipped a few weeks for Christmas and uh, missed a week last week, and uh, just you know, you're you're still listening, you're still downloading and subscribing. I am so grateful. If you're listening live tonight on Blog Talk Radio, and tonight is Monday, January 29th, if you would, please click that hot pink rectangular button that says follow and follow if you're so inclined. Or you can also follow on Apple, or subscribe rather, on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Blueberry Podcast, FM. There's all kinds of places where you can where you can subscribe. You know, some people listen to, uh, and this is a cool thing about podcasts, we don't have to be in competition. Well, actually, nobody does anymore because people have TiVo and Record or Hulu or whatever. Uh, podcasts, most people listen to the podcast on the weekends. I know I do when I'm doing some work around the house. And, um, yeah, so you can you can subscribe anywhere, but I just want to thank because all of you have been so nice to share the podcast, to download it, to tell your friends to listen, and that helps me to keep having fantastic guests like we've been having, like we've got coming up soon, like we've got tonight. Um, you know, recently, um, actually about this time last year, we had Chasm Sultan on, and he's going to be back soon. He's got a brand new project, and you may have already heard about it. You know, he's from uh, Utopia. Well, he plays. He, he got a start, you know, on the big scene in Utopia, Todd Rundgren's Utopia, and he's toured with them, uh, Todd, ever since. Plus, Blue Oyster Cult, Celine Dion, Meatloaf, everybody, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, everybody. But he's going to be taking out a project called uh, Chasm Sultan's Utopia, and it's going to have, I think, uh, Greg Hawks from. Uh, uh, Todd Rundgren's latest band, plus the Cars, uh, Jesse Grass, Prairie Prince, uh, maybe Prairie Prince from the Tubes, and Todd Rundgren. Who knows? Also, uh, recently we had, but he's going to be coming back soon. Also, recently we had Don Stinson uh, talking about his book, Downstairs at the White House. This book is so funny. It's about him at 17. And guys, if you're if you're young, you're not gonna get this. But back when this guy got out of college or was in college and got an internship at the White House, this was the Nixon administration. There were no cell phones, internet, or anything. And when he says he was dumb and lost half the time, he he pretty much was. But he got a ringside seat at Watergate for the whole unfolding of Watergate. And it's a very you think of this as a history book, but this is hilarious because he talks about. Mistakes he made as a young intern, like accidentally serving Coca-Cola to the chairman of PepsiCo, accidentally calling Pat Nixon, uh, the first lady, kiddo, because he mistook her for uh, one of the housekeepers in the hallway one night when she had on a scarf, and just all kinds of fun stuff that went on in the White House like that. <laughs> and uh, let's see, who else? Oh, this coming Wednesday. Now, tomorrow night we have Adrian Ash. He's a jazz musician, um, and... I've been to see him several times. He's great, and he's going to be out here tomorrow night talk about his music, his tribute acts that are extremely popular in Atlanta, as well as the state of the music business. And Wednesday, okay, you know I love a good true crime book. I'm just fascinated. I'm an armchair sociologist. This week, Michael Fleeman is back with his newest book called Better Off Dead. And if you've seen my post on 
Facebook about this, his new book, Better Off Dead. Michael Fleeman, I, you know, I told you on there, I even posted some clips from the, uh, some television clips from the trial that was going on. This is about um, a woman, Sabrina Lamon, and she and her younger lover conspired to kill her husband. He killed her husband, but I said, this thing's got everything. It's got a swingers, like a neighborhood community of swingers, uh, people going out and partying and going naked down the zip line. Um, she and her husband, these are recorded phone calls of them working on their alibis and every stopping every now and then to pray about it and then working on it again. This book, you can't make this stuff up. And so anyway, Michael Fleeman is going to be here to talk about that book Wednesday night. you got to be back for that. But tonight, a lot of people are waiting on this, and so am I. I have got a fascinating woman here. And uh I don't know how to describe You know, I keep saying she's going to make you money, but she's going to do even more than that. She calls herself not just an entrepreneur, but a teacherpreneur because she is a teacher, entrepreneur. Um, she has had television shows. She has YouTube shows. She's a real estate investor, teacher, world traveler, my kind of gal. Uh, she created a financial portfolio almost unheard of on a teacher's salary and of course so many of my listeners here are teachers too and you you know what this like you know this woman is working it um anyway she is passionate about teaching us how to have a great life too and that's also pretty special uh she has a book called mind over money how to live like a millionaire on any budget and so please welcome me Introducing Timelin Langan. Timelin, come on into Madam Perry's salon. Oh, so happy to be here in the salon. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to have you here. I hope that your agents prepared you for what it looked like. You know, one of the first guests I ever had went out and told everybody it looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle. And so it's a little Moroccan design. It's a Jeannie bottle. So just find yourself the fluffiest, loveliest cushions you can find to sit on. And please be comfortable. Oh, I am comfortable indeed. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, good, good. This is Dave, This is your first time here, so we want you to be welcome. And I just can't wait to hear what you're going to tell us. Tell me how how you became you. First, you were an elementary school teacher, and correct me if I'm wrong, because sometimes I get so excited, all the all the details jumble in my head. But how? Did you? Uh, what led you to becoming a teacher, first of all, and then to learning about money, and then after developing skills and knowledge about handling or using money, what brought you to be wonderful enough to share it with all of us? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, actually, I became a teacher because that's what my family does. My father is a teacher. My mother is a teacher. And so I am a, my parents. <laughs> I'm just following in my parents' footsteps. But my true history, I think, with money started with my parents' parents. My grandmother on my mother's side had a ninth grade education and her mother was a sharecropper and i mm -hmm. learned just good money skills from watching them observing them and that just came to help me later on in life after i had gone to college and graduated and uh, and then just hearing conversations about real estate in my family as a as a young girl as a high school student and I just knew that someday that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to own property. And that foundation had been laid seeing my parents and my grandparents buy property and not necessarily have a whole lot of money. So I saw how wise they were and strategic they were with money. And so just observing and paying attention, I I started doing the same things, just kind of following in their footsteps. Oh, all right. So you yeah. learn from your from the example. Learn by example, absolutely. They, they and they were very good examples, and I saw them take very little money, very little. And as I said, they 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 own land, they own their own homes. They they too have traveled throughout the United States, and they were just kind of the model for me. They were my role models. 
And that's interesting because when you talk about things like you say, you know, your grandparents, where they came from, the sharecroppers, so forth. Because I know that um, my grandparents, like I think that um, on on my dad's side, um, well, on my mother's side, remember, you know how some people, you know, some people never think that anybody's good enough for their son. My maternal grandmother would always say, my mother said she always told, her, oh well, they were no good because they were cotton mill trash. They worked in the cotton mill, but their family. This is on my dad's side. They picked the cotton, so it's like this all the way And that is so yeah. <laughs> And that is yeah. so funny too because yeah. on my dad's side, his mother lived literally right across the street from a cotton field, and we used to go and where I was born, we used to go to a place called the Brickyard. And every you know every time we'd go there and visit my grandmother, we'd see the cotton field. It was just right there across the street from the house. So there's been a lot of that in my in my family tree and my family history. And so coming oh, from small God. beginnings does not mean you can't go on to do great things. No, in fact, I sometimes think that that's a bigger launching, a uh, bigger reason to launch yourself somewhere than people who don't. You know, have a bit of have a bit of more. Uh, challenging background, you know, where you are born, and to the manner born, with the money already there, the trust funds, and so forth. You know, you got to get out and hustle. I've seen a lot of people who are very, very smart, and very intelligent, and good people, but they've never quite known how to hustle. You know, they don't know, and I feel like they, they're, they're, missing a, they're missing a big piece of the engine, you know, to make it work. Oh, absolutely. There okay. has certainly been a lot of hustle <laughs> on this end of the street. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, hustle, hustle, and sacrifices, and making changes, and, and being strategic so that I could do the things that I'm doing right now. That came from a lot of hustle and and saying no to some things for right now, realizing that the bigger picture is to focus on the goal and achieve the goal. And oh, once yeah. You you know, get to the goal and the money starts to come in, then you begin to enjoy the finer things of life, so to speak. Right. Exactly. But absolutely, you know, it, it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> when to say no and when to say go or when to hold yes. them, when to fold them, whatever. That's so it. That's a southern expression. Know. I got to know when to hold and when to fold. <laughs> no fold. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think there's a song. That's so, a song. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so first of all, so, so starting to teach school, let me ask you about that. Did you, was there something about teaching? And what grades, what ages of students did you begin teaching or do you teach? Yeah, I taught elementary. My passion is for the younger students. And so I taught first grade for many years, third grade, and um, fourth grade. And now I'm working mm-hmm. with all grade levels in an alternative program, our independent study program. And so I can actually get them from K through 12, but mostly working with high school students. And I teach all the subjects. <laughs> so do you... I would imagine that because uh, apparently this, this is definitely um, a worse word I want to say. I feel like teachers often tell me they feel called and they really feel like they're, this is part of their heart's work or their soul's um, work and purpose when they're teaching. And um, And in fact, a couple of weeks ago when I had a teacher – on here, and some teachers that had called. Oh no, it was a ch- someone that wrote children's books and talked. It just so happened, and you may have seen this uh, two weeks ago in the New York Times, Sunday New York Times. It was a big feature about education, and it said, "What you know that the people who teach the elementary, whether it's the, the uh, you know the preschool or the early education." are usually the ones that have the greatest impact on the child's education career and on how they learn and how much they learn. And it said, these people have the biggest impact, so why do we treat them and pay them like babysitters? Oh, I and I was... Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, but I didn't mean to interrupt, Absolutely. I'm just saying amen. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> I, want, 
I want to hear you. I want to hear you say amen, and, and I'll just go ahead and let you talk. I just hold my timber, tambourine here. So uh, we have uh, – um, and, and, yeah, and it's true. I, I do believe that, you know, it, it, it is a great – because I have so many friends that do teach I, younger students, and I see how much they learn, how much they know, how much they train. But do you – I don't know if this is part of a curriculum, but did you ever feel that this is a great time to start teaching someone about money when you, you have know, a, children in front of you? You know what? That is actually where I began teaching. My heart and soul is in teaching. Even writing this book, it's segmented. I see this as an extension of my classroom, and I'm just broadening the classroom to include adults now. But my passion is to teach people. No, regardless, and I do agree with you wholeheartedly in that New York article, is that we teachers are making a great impact on children and shaping and developing those children, and I believe we do a great job at it. Sometimes the news isn't as positive as it should be, but teachers are, you know, across the country are doing a fantastic job, and I do believe we are having a great impact on them and should definitely be compensated more. Absolutely. (laughs) We're doing great work. We're doing absolutely great work. And so I just see Mind Over Money as an extension of that great work because I do think that that is a missing component in our educational system. Even today, though there's more talk about having, you know, finance education in the classroom, but it's still not taught. And, I mean, I've been teaching many years now, and I've always made it a part of my curriculum, even at first grade. There's certain lessons that you can teach children that will help them to be good money managers later in life. And so that has always been the case. And uh, even just like some of the same things we teach adults, we can teach children. Number one, learning the difference between a need and a want. It's amazing how kids pick that concept up. And even concepts of saving and delayed gratification, just teaching them, well, we, yes, we can have the things we want, but we can't not necessarily have it right now. And there was a study done, and I, oh, my gosh, it escapes me at the moment, where they did, oh, the marshmallow study, where students who were able to wait a few minutes before getting the marshmallow tend to, tend to do better in life, tend to be better money managers, tend to have more success in life. So these are principles that we can start absolutely very young in elementary, teaching children delayed gratification, the difference between needs and wants, and to save for those wants and be strategic with money. Oh, yes, absolutely. Right now is the time. (laughs) And it's more important than No, keep it rolling, keep it rolling. And it's more important than ever now because the the times are changing. Those jobs where we would go and stay on the job 15, 25, 30 years and retire, they are becoming more and more a thing of the past. So children are going to have to learn very early to be strategic with money. 96% of our spending habits are subconscious they and they so they're picking them up from their parents and so observing they're observing the parents and then they're following in those footsteps so i think as parents we've just got to be mindful of the lessons we are teaching our students and teaching our children as well or how about even the lessons that they're not teaching well i guess they're either not teaching but they think they are because i think kids pick up so much that that adults never ever ever realize that they're picking up. Oh, they do. They do. They, 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 yes. And they, they learn by watching us. And so I encourage parents to do two things. Set a good example, role modeling. You hear a lot about modeling in the classroom, and that is so important because I find that even as a teacher in elementary school, I'll never forget this, I, had, had, I was working with small groups, and I had each student, I had students placed in small groups. And I literally looked up as I listened to one of the students. I tell you, it was like me looking at myself and listening to myself. She sounded exactly like me. She was speaking to the students in the same manner that I spoke to them. And so I realized that even at that age, they are observing me as well as listening to me. So I have to be very, and as parents, they're doing the same thing. And I think your actions 
speak louder than words, though you still need to have the, the money t- conversations with your children. <laughs> you had a mini-me. See? See? If, 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 <laughs> yes, a mini-me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That had to have been, uh, I, I can't imagine, that had to have been quite a feeling, though, uh, just oh, a bit God. of exhilaration. Oh, it is. That's the beauty of teaching, the stories, the exhilaration you get. And there's story after story where parents have come to me and said, oh, my teacher explained the homework. This is what we're supposed to do. And the parent tried to tell the child to do it differently. No, 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 no. My teacher said, this is how we do it. And the parents, get, they get a laugh out of it, and they come and tell me, this is the story that I had with my child last night. So it, that's the beauty of teaching. That is that's what that's the rewarding part. Those are the rewards of it, and just being able to impart wisdom into them and to just share, you know, some information along the way. I tell them I'm a lifelong learner myself. I even learn things from them. <laughs> Let me just say, if you're listening to us live tonight and you want to talk with Timelyn Langan, call us at 646-716-9922, which Blog Talk Radio assures me is a toll-free call in the continental U.S. at 646-716-9922. And and as soon as I get Tybee back out of the studio here, Take your little toy and go away. Anyway, <laughs> I'm really a nice lady, but you don't need to be barking on the show. This is information that we really need. So um, let me ask you something else, Tim. Uh, when there was a, something I watched, uh, a video of yours, and this was, um, this was uh, a couple of years back, but it's something that's on everybody's mind right now, a lot of especially if they're entrepreneurs. Uh, and it was talking about branding, and also you you were discussing branding, but you were also talking about and personal branding, but also about how that kind of uh, lends into or folds leads to how you handle money. Yes, can you share some of that with us? Oh, absolutely. I think your brand definitely affects your ability to grow financially. And I think what, I, what I'm saying in that video is that your authentic self is what you should center your business around and your brand around and know that your brand is just your value. And I was saying at the break that that is what has helped me get through some doors, being an entrepreneur and a teacherpreneur, as I call myself, and um, investing in real estate. I think it is my reputation that preceded me that actually helped me to close a couple deals. The fact that I was a teacher opened some doors for me. The fact that people would make say good things about me, that really has helped me in terms of my brand. And that has in and, and certainly real estate has been wonderful to me. I literally make more from my investments now than I do actually <laughs> teaching. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience, and it has opened doors for me in ways that I never thought possible. And so I'm always, as a teacher, conscious of how I present myself and making sure that, you know, someone said, you should always conduct yourself as if the camera is on. Uh, And people uh are filming you at all times, because that, honestly, I believe is your brand, you and your authentic self. And so what do people see when they see you, when the camera's on and you're not aware? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is your authentic self? You know, because I think that you're that, and, and again, you know, I haven't studied this, but I do consider myself an armchair sociologist, Timelin. And, you know, I've heard people talk sometimes about, um, say, you know, um, about getting, I've had a lot of people on here talking about relationships, and you know, can you get have a successful relationship with someone of another culture, or another country, another uh, another race, or whatever? Can you do this? And I always say, you know, to me, what matters more is has a lot more to do with your faith, 
Because I think sometimes your, your core belief system will affect how you treat other people, how you treat your family, how you raise your children, and how you handle money. Absolutely. And I think that's and something honestly, within you. You can't. Or I was going to say, you can yeah. make a lot of things while you're dating, you know, like about yourself till you get that, till you get them to the altar. But some things you just can't fake. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. And believe me, I have actually married people, of, of, well, I've only been married once, and who was of a different culture and a different belief. So I do believe that two people can walk together if they agree. It doesn't really matter um, in terms of your cultural background or your financial background. Well, maybe that does matter to some degree, but I, and I don't mean mm-hmm. that in an opportunist way. I just think the more what I have discovered, and this is not based upon looks or hue or ethnicity or anything like that. This is just about connection. And the more you are alike, the more likely you are to stay together is my thoughts. We hear the, the statement opposites attract, but I say similarities keep you together. So I've mm-hmm. dated people all over the world, you know, from Europe, Australia. That has never really been a factor, though I'm an American. But what matters, I think, is that we share similar beliefs. We share similar values. Uh-huh. We have a, a, our faith is similar. And so in those core areas, whatever our financial matters, well, that is really one of the issues in the marriage is that we differed in terms of how we um, handled our – how we managed our finances. But I think when you're similar in those key areas, your faith, your finances, even to some degree fitness, you're on a good, you're on a good mm-hmm. path. And so ethnicity and where you come from, all of that matters less when you agree in the, on those core areas. That's, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, 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 do, I, I do, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, now, I think you can definitely have a successful relationship with someone of a different culture. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's quite possible if your core values are similar. You know, I think one of my favorite things about the way you explain and teach money is it's not this thing, and I don't want to offend anyone, but it's not this thing where people say, well, you can attract it by, you know, you just uh, – have a picture, put it on the wall, and that will be yours, you know. It's going to come to you. If I want to, you know, if I decide I want a Range Rover, I'll just get a picture of it, and I'll just see it first thing every morning, and that Range Rover is going to come to me. It's a law of attraction or whatever. But your book, you teach really straightforward, practical, useful information. And so your book is called Mind Over Money, How to Live Like a Millionaire on Any Budgets. Tell us how you came to write the book and what you wanted us to get out of it. Oh, I will, I will be happy to tell you that. It's, I wrote the book because people asked me to. People would observe me <laughs> and my finances. And as a teacher, I've been asked a million times, well, how can you afford to go and sit in the front row at the Australian Open? How can you afford to drive that car? How can you afford to buy real estate? And I tell them, when you have a strategic plan, it's easy. I never thought what I was doing was so out of the ordinary. I never really did. And I I just thought, oh, this is what people do. But I have always had this idea that there was – I was always a big-picture kind of person, and I would always look – ahead a few years and think, where would I want, where do I really want to be in five years, in ten years? Yet I, and then I would back up and start. So I'd see the vision, and then I'd back up and start taking steps towards making that vision come true. I talk a lot about having a strategic plan. If your plan is to get out of debt, then you really, you sit down, you have to, and this is the B word has to come up, budget. <laughs> you start looking at, well, where's my money going? And, and, and it's, 
it's not a fun subject. It's not fun. I get it. And I have had people come to me crying because it was not fun. And I literally hold their hand right through it because I'm a, and I talk a lot about emotional overspending in the book, and I'm an emotional person myself. So I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> My feelings are a little touchy. So I speak from that perspective. So when my clients come in and sit down with me and they're crying, you know what, I just take a moment and be with them and hold their hand and let them know that we're going to get through this together. And that's why we started the financial community, so that you don't have to walk alone. It's great when you've got mm-hmm. a partner. And so we just, mm-hmm. take our, we just take our hands and we take baby steps towards creating our goals. If your goal is to get out of debt, we sit down, we take a look at, okay, this is the amount of debt I've got. This is the amount of income coming in. You know what, what, what can I do? Let's create a plan to realistically say that we want to get you out of debt in 12 months. And so we put that plan together. This is how much you're going to have to spend on that credit card per month. And, of course, you won't be using the card in the in the process, and then you have to prioritize your debt. So there are a lot of things that we look at, and then we create a plan and stick to it. And that's the purpose of having a community to walk through this with. It holds you accountable. It's like going to the gym. I I am more mm. apt to go to the gym on a regular basis if I've got a friend who will commit to go with me. And you set some goals, and then you, you stick to those goals. And you may start small. I mean, 30 minutes a day. You can't just jump into an hour, an hour and a half. It's like let's do 30 minutes every day or 15 minutes per day. Whatever time you've got, set aside a, a certain amount of time daily, if necessary, to work towards your goal. So that would be the mm. first step, setting goals, sticking to those goals, and taking baby steps, take, making small goals, you know, just planting little seeds every day and watering those seeds. And your financial habits are, okay, I'm just going to stop spending today. And now also when I talk about budget, let me just say this too, because I do not believe living like a millionaire means living a deprived life where you go without the things you love and want most. So that's all part of the priority, setting priorities is that you do get to enjoy some of the things you like along the way, too. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. important. That's important. I, all, I want your listeners to know that you're not going to live a deprived life. <laughs> no, that is not fun. But we do have to start budgeting on Initially, and then once we we do that and we start seeing the results of that, we get excited, and then we go to the second credit card or the second item of, on your list, and you just continue to do that. And you look up, one day you're debt-free. And, so, wow. and, if, and, we, and we apply a strategy and a pattern to each and every one of your goals. So it just depends on what the goal is. But certainly set some goals. Look at prioritize some ways of, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and be realistic with it. Don't try to overwhelm yourself and take on too much at a time. I am definitely a slow wealth builder, so to speak. (laughs) It was a process. It didn't happen overnight. Now, let's go back to what you're talking about, the the priorities of people, um, um, the goals that people have. When you are talking with someone and when you say a client, people, you know, come to you as clients and ask you to help them map out a strategy or a goal? Oh, yes, absolutely, okay. all the time, yes. And is it usually, or maybe what they come in with, maybe, and, and I'm just trying to figure out here, do they come to you with one idea and you just sort of help them see where they are and what their goals and break their goals down into doable things. I'm thinking they probably want to come and say, look, can, can you tell me how to find the right lottery ticket, you know, where, <laughs> and then do you break it down into, you know, look, let's look about how about a, a house and maybe get paying off credit cards or something. 
<laughs> right. You know, it's so funny, it too. I, when I hear people all talk about the lottery, it's like, well, honey, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I've always said, my slogan is, I know that I'm not going to get rich paying the lottery, playing the lottery. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and so you've got one in a billion chance, I believe, to to do that. But you know what? And I And this is so funny, too, because I ask people, I say, let's say you did win the lottery. What would you do? What would you do if you won the lottery? And then they'll they'll write down their list. And I say, you know what? You can do those things right now. You don't have to wait and 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 get and win the lottery to do the things that you have on your list now. And this is what the budgeting is about and setting priorities is about. And I also recommend have a recreational account too to save and plan for the things you love. It's not just a, having an of yes, we need an emergency fund. Yes, we need a fund, you know, to maintenance for the home, paying the mortgage and the rent, et cetera. But you also need a savings fund for fun stuff. You know, a desire, you know, these are my desires account so that you can enjoy your life. Because, again, living like a millionaire means doing some of the things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And this is like me, with I, I love coffee. And there was a time when I was spending, oh, my gosh, I don't even want to say, I, I say I should own <laughs> stop in one of these coffee places, I would go so often. And I realized that, wow, I'm spending a lot of money on coffee per month. That money could be better spent. That could be spent on a vacation. That could be better served. So what I started to do, I didn't give up my coffee. No, I'm not going to do that. But what I did is I started making coffee at home. And honestly, the the coffee I make at home, I like better than what I was getting at some of those coffee houses. And so you do have to get a little creative with your finances, but certainly you can have the things you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing at that because I know that with uh, I know with my husband and I sometimes well, we're back shopping for groceries and we'll see the bag of coffee and go oh I don't know this is a dollar less than that and this is whatever I said you know but what we pay for one bag of this we would be like two or three cups of coffee at you know fancy coffee shop mm-hmm. but yet yeah. we get into the grocery store with a bag that's going to give us you know what a couple of hundred you know at least a hundred cups of coffee I don't know. This one's a dollar less this week. I don't. I don't know. Hey, this one's buy one get one. You know. <laughs> and then you go into you know, but then you go into Carrefour Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Hey, got the bogo this week on Gvalia. Got the bogo on whatever. Okay, do it. That's what we'll get. And uh, <laughs> and I always laugh at it. Think this is so goofy. Here, oh, get this for us bogo this week. You know, whereas if we yeah. yeah what am I thinking, you know, let's see, one bag or give me maybe how many pots of coffee, whereas I could have bought three cups somewhere for what I'm paying for this big bag. And and then I'll think, I'm just nuts. You know, I'm crazy. <laughs> right, right. Well, it all depends on how many cups you drink for a day. Store, <laughs> me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Because you don't want to buy so much that it goes to waste either because that's not being strategic with your money if it, if things are sitting in your your refrigerator or in your in your on your shelf just wasting away so that that would not be a good use of money so you want right. yeah i mean so, you could, okay. yeah so you <laughs> we got to be strategic with what we've got i mean we're working people and we we on a we we get a limited amount of money so we want to just Make sure that we are not wasting <laughs> any of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wasting. I think there was some some commercial where the woman says to the man, "Look, if, if you're going to do this, just give me that money. And let me just snip it in half and throw it in the trash. You know, if you're going to spend it on this or waste it on that." And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Waste, no good. But yeah, I just wondered. I always said, "Why? Why do we look at things differently like that?" I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe because when we're out, though, we're also having, um, like, if I'm out with my girlfriends, you know, and we go to have coffee, it's because we're having, you know, communion and laughs, and we feel like, well, we're getting a little bit more out of it than just that, you know. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, who doesn't enjoy doing? sitting around having a great conversation over a lovely cup of coffee? Believe it or not, I'm having one now while we're talking. I've been sipping on some coffee, <laughs> a little decaf. And I've got tea. So it's like, but yeah, you know, sometimes that's, so that can be, you know, that's like our little man. Me and the girls, when we go out for what we call our diva brunches, and we just sit around and have coffee or, or, or just something like that, you know, something, but, but we just have, we get such a wealth of entertainment in each other. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that is actually a fun time. And it's not an expensive outing, but you've had a wonderful time. You're sitting with girlfriends and having a great conversation, and and there's so many lovely places you can go. And it's like, wow, that's fun for me. And that's really, that's not an expensive outing, but yet I have had a ball. And I'm from Mississippi, so what we do is eating and talking. (laughs) That's considered fun. And drinking (laughs) here in in Los Angeles, (laughs) drinking coffee is fun too. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, by the way, I've got a message from uh, Vincent Levy Bright. He's one of our regular callers. He says he's 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 on he's in actually he's in the studio right now. He's been working on a a play, but he uh, a soundtrack for a play. But he said to tell you he's really enjoying the show. He's learning a lot from it, and and, uh, he's going to be listening. You know, I guess once he gets back. He, what are you doing, Vince? Are you sneaking off on the job? Are you, are you, are you? Did you sneak out for coffee and now you're listening? I don't know. But he <laughs> said, uh, you know, he'll be listening to this again. Thanks for the great information. Thank you for listening, sweetie. Oh, thank you, Vince. Oh. Yes. <laughs> great, great. Happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. Me too. He's he's a he's one of our favorites. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, there are so many things. What do you call living? What do you call living like a millionaire? Now that's going to vary from person to person, but living like a millionaire to me is being able to enjoy the life that I have planned for myself. I, of course, it entails having more than enough money to do the things you love. And one of the things I love more than anything is traveling. I have been to mm-hmm. every continent except Antarctica, and at one point in time I had no desire to go, but a girlfriend has been really pushing me, you ought to go, you ought to go. But one of the beautiful things I love also is um, women's tennis. I've been a fan for many, many years. And so last year, now? January 2017, I'm sorry? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, tennis, you said tennis. Tennis, women's tennis. I love women's tennis. I'm a huge fan. So I got to go to the Australian Open last year, January 2017, and I got to see my two favorite players play, Venus and Serena Williams, a pregnant Serena Williams, and we didn't know that at the time. And I did not sit way in the back. I sat on the front row. And I watched them play, and I took pictures, and I was loved being at Rod Laver Arena, and the grounds were exciting. And at the end of Serena's match, people were yelling and screaming her name, Serena, Serena. And she looked into my eyes and gave me the most beautiful, beautiful smile. And I'm still on cloud nine about it. And I'm mad at the guy who promised to send the picture and didn't. So if you're listening, please send me the photo. (laughs) But those are the moments and the memories and the experiences I want everyone to create when we talk about the live like a millionaire lifestyle. Now that will look different from, you know, for your listeners. But whatever it is, I just think people should do that. And spend, and that's where your money should go. Strategic spending means I'm going to spend on the things that on my dominant passion, not just every single passion, because I know we've got lots of them. But your dominant ones, and my two are travel and tennis. And so I get mm. to do those things that I am happy, happy as I can be. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, that's fun me for too. me. That's really fun. So that's what you, live like a millionaire. That's what the live like a millionaire lifestyle looks like for me. And being and, able to travel and see my friends, because I've got friends all over the world, and I get to spend time with them and have coffee in Australia and Melbourne and Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. <laughs> 
Yes, I might. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, I, I worked on that one. I never get Australia. I never can get that to Well, I can't get it either. They told me I have a horrible accent. They told me that your, your Australian accent is horrible. Well, thank you so much. And then I know friends, I know people who have lived in the, in the states who have moved there. And when I go there, it's not Melbourne. It's Melbourne. It's Melbourne. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, American girl uh, correcting me. <laughs> yeah, but those are the moments, those are the memories that you create. That's what the lifestyle is all about. It's really about living, having fun and while you're here on this earth. You know, I, I saw something on Facebook that says we were born to do more than just pay bills and die. And so mm. that's why I wrote the uh. book, so people could live life to the full, and live it in, in an abundant way, not just kind of struggling mm-hmm. to get, you know, get by. That's no fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it sounds and, like, uh, what you say, it sounds like a, I gave an Ignite speech once, and it was on life lessons learned from Auntie Mame, one of my favorite movies, Auntie Mame. And I only like the version played where she's played by Rosalind Russell. And mm-hmm. Auntie Mame, have you ever seen this? No, I haven't, but Her I'm writing it down because I'm going to check it out. Yes. All right, but check out the one with only with Rosalind Russell. And she, Rosalind Auntie Russell, Mame I'm says, writing that down. Yes, her motto is live, live, live. Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. Mm, I like that. I like that. So, so true. Yes. <laughs> and that's what and I... That, and, and, that's, please, go ahead. Yeah, and that's the reason for writing the book, is so that people don't don't live a deprived life. Don't live without the things you love. Don't live without, um, you know, I, I heard someone say you, you, we take our talents to the grave. They say the richest mm-hmm. place on earth is the cemetery for people who lived here and didn't complete their purpose, didn't fulfill their mm. purpose. And I do believe that even in our work, I was born to teach. I was born to teach. I was called to do that. And I've had great success with my students, and they have gone on to do wonderful things, and uh, and I'm so proud of them. And I think that even with writing this book, I'm just taking that in a different direction now to reach out and teach something that's so practical to all of us, and that's just money matters, and to be just how to be strategic with what you already have, and um, it's 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 catching on. It's it's working, and I'm. Thank you. Thank you for, for letting me share this tonight. It's great. Oh, this is an absolute delight. And uh, yeah. I mean, it really is. And we've also had a, a, a message. Thank you so much. I had a message come in from Becky Kyle. Uh, Becky's also known as Rebecca McFarlane Kyle. She's a, an editor and author. But she said, uh, sends a message in saying, this is fascinating and she says my husband and I are listening and we're really enjoying the show thank you so much Timelin we're going to be getting your book and so thank you Becky and Jim and and your cat so thanks for listening um oh, I think what I've always you. tell people you know I said <laughs> no matter and to me this is one of the fun things about having this podcast I said I have a lot of musicians and actors and authors on I said but you know no matter who I bring with it somebody like the guy I was describing earlier talking about being an intern at the White House during Watergate or whether it's somebody, anthrozoologist or uh, a financial expert, teacherpreneur. So things that you would normally think might be a difficult subject to task, I always, I always am so fortunate to find the most fun people to deliver this information and teach us, people you know, like you. Oh, well, I am having so much fun with you, Madam Perry. I am just enjoying this. This has been fun for me, too. And uh, thank you, Becky and Tim, for listening and enjoying the show. And it's so funny, my nickname is Tim. My friends called me Tim growing up. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Ah. (laughs) Yes, yes, good. 
And uh, I know my uh, my best friend Kenya, and we do some traveling when we can. And uh, and Kenya right now she's she's works in um, she's working in Atlanta City's public schools, and so she's got a long drive home. So she listens in the car, but she, we don't have her call because I don't want her to be distracted. Oh yeah, because I'll yes. never find because everybody knows my BFF, and everybody knows I'll never find another one like her. So I don't want her to be distracted, but. Um, yeah, that's one of the things we try to do is, is try to save wherever we can to, um, you know, travel, how to find a deal, what can we do, because we get so much out of traveling. And that's what makes us feel like millionaires. And, you know, we can be somewhere, and it doesn't matter if we're just sitting on the side of a street and whether we're in, um, oh, gosh, where have we gone? You know, um, a few trips to Birmingham, we've been to Chicago, um, trying to get her to go with me to Tucson in March to a Wild Wild West con, a steampunk convention. That sounds like fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you ought to join me. I'm doing a presentation. You ought to join me at this. It's going to be in, yeah, Tucson, Arizona. Go to the oh. And the thing is, too, it's like we can just, you know, we can just sit in a in a fun little coffee shop, some kind of little eclectic uh, place, a sidewalk cafe, and that's when, you know, I know I feel like a millionaire because I can just a little cafe wherever, or especially in, in um, another country. You know, I took a, uh, uh, I did a summer semester, one of those squashed up ones where it's a whole semester squashed down, compacted into three and a half weeks or a month. Oh, and, nice. Um, yeah, I only did that about 10 years ago. Um, so, of course, I was older than all the other students, most of them, but it didn't matter. I had a little group adopt me and uh you know it was fun but yeah that just made me feel so yes yes i, I had a like similar a i felt this just yeah tell about it yeah no i had a similar experience in italy i went there for one summer in 2010 and we rented an apartment for a month and we just, we were acting like Italians. We took Italian lessons. We took cooking lessons. And it was so much fun. You just get to experience and absorb the culture. And you meet mm-hmm. the people, and it's just really amazing. And every morning we'd get up and have our cappuccino, and we learn you don't sit down. Here's another tip for the travelers. When you go to Italy, never sit down and have your coffee, because if you do, there's a oh. charge for sitting. So you'll do, you do like the Italians. Like they say, when in Rome, do like the Romans. You will see them standing at the bar, drinking their coffee, having their croissant or whatever it is that they're eating, and that is because you don't pay for that. There's a, there's a, see, there's a financial tip for you when you're in Italy. <laughs> Stand right, and drink your coffee. Right. Stand and drink your cappuccino. Do not sit. There's a fee for sitting. <laughs> and we learned that one the hard way. <laughs> uh, so there. <laughs> we can use you know that's the thing like last uh, September my husband goes every year my husband goes to Amsterdam for this convention for the uh, the industry that he's in and so this last year he said you know I've got enough frequent flyer miles so you can go with me I can get you a ticket if you want to go and of course I can stay you know in his room and so which is practically like a free tip except for my food and anything else I get but um I kept thinking, oh, well, what about this? And I'll have to pay to, you know, get the dogs boarded. And and what about, you know, if I miss some, um, if I miss meeting some clients for some work or anything? And I thought, wait a minute, what's wrong with me? A trip to Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. you know, just for the price of having to board the dog. Okay, that might be a lot. But and he goes, how long do you want to go? Just I'll be gone ten days. How long? I said, I'll take the whole thing. Who knows when I'll get to go again? Just give me the whole thing. And yeah, and while he would be working, that's what I would do. I would go to the little cafe where, fortunately, you could sit and drink at the same time. And um, <laughs> nothing made me feel more elegant and and just on top of the world than just knowing that I was sitting there in Amsterdam having a. A, a stoop mm-hmm. waffle and a cup of coffee and 
just, uh, you know the feeling, Tamalyn. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, it was a great feeling. I and went I'm, to Amsterdam as well and took a bike ride through the Dutch countryside, which was amazing. <gasps> and it's just such a beautiful, clean city. And I went to Anne Frank's, I mean, and I just did a lot of things while I, I was there. Too. And then went to the red light district, <laughs> which was a different <laughs> Oh, I didn't know this was tucked away here. <laughs> but that's amazing. This, this is the mil- this is the millionaire lifestyle. When you are just doing the things yes. you enjoy, that you get to have these moments and these memories and these conversations, and you share them with people. And oh wow, what a delight! What a delight! Yeah. And it was, and I was just on a high the whole time. Because when I was thinking back, you know, I just thought, how can I say no to this? How can I say no? And and I'm glad I went. And as you know, when did you go to Amsterdam? I went in 1996. So now I'm really telling my age. (laughs) No. (laughs) That was my first trip to Europe in 1996. And I went on a three-week tour. We went to 21 countries, and no, 20, no, 13 oh countries in 21 days. Yes, that it was that was a whirlwind of a trip. <laughs> oh, wow. And I would do it again. <laughs> okay. Well, I think. Well, I hope that you and I and some of my friends. I know. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, we had my good friend Althea Lawton Thompson on here, and she leads um, mindfulness and spiritual and health retreats in other countries, like Costa Rica and different places. And so, hopefully, you and I and, and some of our wonderful friends like her and Kenya and uh, maybe we, we've got to all meet up in some country somewhere and have our millionaire experiences. Oh, I would love that. I just love that. Oh, yes. That's, oh, my gosh. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> because this is what, you know, I wanted the reason to I wanted to feel. I always want. Um, I don't know if you can hear me. I think my. Uh, uh, I, I'm having trouble okay. hearing you, Madam Perry. <laughs> okay, now I'm back. I'm back. My dog pulled out my uh, headset. Um, so I wanted to be like a patroness of the art back in the you know few centuries past in Europe and in England and so forth, and be able to have, you know, how they would have a salon where they had authors and and uh, artists, musicians, and. Um, thought leaders of the day come and share what they were working on at the time. And this, to me, was giving me the ability to do that in the cyber world. Mm-hmm. You know, because where else would I have had, you know, um, 20 years ago, I might never have had the chance to meet all the people that I've met, you know, like yourself and all the musicians and authors I've had on. Whereas now, you know, this is Madame Perry's salon, and this is um, – this is kind of space age and science fiction and exciting that we can all talk around the world and get to know one another. And so, yeah, I think it can definitely happen. Yes, I think this so. And I just love the concept that you've got here. It's just amazing. And I actually feel like I'm sitting in the salon there with you. I don't feel the distance. I don't feel that there's distance between us. I really don't. Well, it's wonderful. Well, if you do feel anything strange, i got to tell you, we had a couple of uh, – I'm going to have to admit to something. I had a couple of uh, suspense authors here once, uh, Brett Wright and Rick Cornell, and uh, Rick is a, an attorney in Reno. They did come in once and uh, on a panel of suspense authors, and they left a couple of burritos in the cushions. But I, if you get a whiff of it, let me know, because I did have it cleaned out, I swear. you know. And these, and these are really good guys, but you know. you know, They come, they're having fun. It's, you know, it's just the way it is. It's just the way these little parties go. Timelin, I I am just so happy to have you here tonight. It just seems like I've just uh like I've just talked with a, a good friend, like like you're someone that definitely belongs in my Diva Brunch group. Oh, and I thank you so much. I feel the same way. This has been so much fun. I feel like we're friends. I feel like I know you. <laughs> you do. You do. I know you. So tell people, before we go, how can people find out more about you, your work, get your book, um, website? Um, I'll be sharing everything of hers, everything of Timbaland Langan's. I'll be sharing it on all of my social media, but I want to hear it in your voice. 
Oh, I will be happy to share with you because we've got some great things in store for 2018. And so for more information, they can reach out to me at livelikeamillionairenow.com. That's livelikeamillionairenow.com, and we're just so excited. And thank you so much for having me, Madam Perry. I have just enjoyed myself this evening. Thank you. Well, this has been an absolute joy to me as well. And... um, I don't know if you can hear my little music coming up here in the back. I can. <laughs> I hear it. I, I hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I heard it. I don't. <laughs> I usually close out with one of my own songs, but this time I thought I got to pull in the Utopia version of For the Love of Money. So. Uh, okay. Oh, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> For this the love of money. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, folks, I just want you to know you are going to live like a millionaire now. Meet Timberland Langan. Um, we are so happy to have you on the show tonight. And don't forget, come back tomorrow for Adrian Ash and Wednesday for Michael Fleeman. Timberland, we love you. Come back again. Oh, I love you too. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.